Wow, guys, I can't wait to tell you about the reaction to last week's episode about IXL. Also, should we ever listen to students' opinions? And I had a meltdown this week. Guys, let's start out by talking about a few seconds. Last week's episode called IXL is not a dirty word. It was episode 94. Let me tell you this. That episode got to 100 listens faster than any other episode we ever had. I hit a nerve. And let me tell you what I found out about IXL as I was looking over the discussion boards. I post this to, when I have a new podcast, probably about five different Facebook pages and LinkedIn pages that I've got permission to do so. And on one of those specifically, and I'm not sure I can give out the name because I know they are a private group where you have to answer questions, but if you search for teachers or principals, you'll find it. It's the most popular one. Well, I posted it, and my goodness, I don't know if there's a lot of parents on there, but the first reaction was very negative. Now, it was obvious some people reacted before they listened to the podcast, And so I had to tell them, listen, guys, I used to feel the same way you did. That's what the podcast is about. Then that went on for a little while. I wasn't sure if that would even make them listen to the podcast, but obviously some of them did because it's going to be our most listened ever eventually, I would think. But I started a war. Because some of the people loved IXL. In fact, I went back and tried to do an educated count, at least the ones that responded. Many more liked IXL than not, but there was no middle of the road. People either loved it or they hated it. But the war I started is because some of the people that said they loved it, they they weren't critical, but they mentioned at the same time IXL is not a good standalone and walk away tool. It's kind of what I said last week. It's just like any other tool. The teacher has to be a part of it. They have to talk through it. They have to walk around and help the student. So it was really, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, it was kind of exciting to see that. I think there were some feelings hurt. I think there was some learning done. It was obvious that some of the people responded. They weren't going to listen to the podcast, and you weren't changing their mind. But they probably got upset when they saw some of the other posts that were trying to get them to change their mind. So it was kind of exciting for me. I liked it. I like podcasts that have that kind of feedback. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen. IXL is not a dirty word. That was last week's episode. It was listened to it enough that I I don't want to just copycat in the future, try to 
pull out another name of a software package and talk about it. Maybe that's part of why we got the attention. But one thing I do want to mention is that most of the negative comments had to do with parents or teachers reacting to their kids' reactions. Really kind of gave me the inspiration for what I want to do today. Now, I'll save my meltdown for later in the episode. I'm going to talk about, first of all, how much should we value students' opinions when we are teaching or substitute teaching. And we might as well start with IXL first because that's where I got the idea. So when a student comes up to me and says, hey, I hate IXL, I'm not doing it. Do we value an opinion like that at all? I know what I would do is go to the student and say, I'm going to try and change your mind. You don't have to get 100 in a SMART score on IXL. You get what the teacher assigns to you. I'm going to walk around and try to help you with it. That's the approach I would take. I know I have run into some teachers in past years that I don't know that they value an opinion of a student at least as much as what I do. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm probably on the positive side of valuing students' opinion, maybe more so than normal, because it's kind of interesting. Yes, I'm not as good a teacher because I'm a substitute teacher. I don't have all the experience. I don't have all the training. I don't have all the background. I might be good at building relationships, but that teaching element is one of my things that I keep trying to get better at, but I'm not there. And of course, there's always room for improvement, regardless of where you are. But I say all that to say this, I'm at an advantage about students' opinions in that, and I'm not saying me personally, but substitute teachers. The advantage we have is that we see thousands of students. Teachers, regular teachers, see basically the same group of students, maybe 100, 150 or so every day or every couple of days, and they see them all year. Substitute teachers see Literally, I tried to count up. I know I got over, well over a thousand. I might have been at fifteen hundred the very the first twelve months that I substitute taught because I was eight different schools. It's easy to do the math. If you're seeing a hundred and fifty students in a day, it's not hard to start multiplying things out and realizing you're well over a thousand students that you've met. So I kind of tend to be an advocate for them. Here's what I do when I hear a student's opinion. If it's overly negative, I'll just say something to the effect, well, I understand what you're saying. I use this when I'm umpiring ball games too. I understand what you're saying, but here's my view and here's why I think it will be helpful. Now, those of you that are math teachers, I'll tell you one of my gripes. I hate the part of equations. I'll try to do this quick because some of you are already tuning out. Equations need to have X on the left-hand side of the equation all the time. 
It needs to be to the left-hand side of the equals sign. What are we ever going to do? When are we ever going to run into a situation in real life where we have to put an X on the opposite side? Even if you're engineering, I don't think that would ever happen. Why would we do that? So why are we testing our students that way? That's my random rant. You don't have to pay extra for that. Now, let me move on. I have run into some teachers that it's obvious to me. Now, this is by far the minority, that if a teacher hears a student say something negative, uh, talk about a negative opinion, they pretty much just ignore it or tell them they're wrong and you're going to do it anyway. Well, that's not my style. I don't want to offend anybody, but I would prefer giving the student the benefit of the doubt first and then trying to find out why they actually feel this way. Maybe go through some problems. Now, IXL, I use Delta Math. I use a lot of math things. Of course, I use Kahoot. I'll occasionally run into a student that doesn't like Kahoot, and I'll try to change their mind. I won't overreact. I probably did it one time. I might have said, you don't like Kahoot? How could you not like that? Because of all the things I've ever used, Kahoot, even in a test format, is what students ask for most often of anything I've used. I have yet to pick out any other type of software or online programs that have the positive effect that Kahoot has. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail again because there's plenty of episodes where I've talked about it. But that is the most positive thing I've ever used. But there's other thing we're using in class. Do your students grimace, especially now? I mean, I'm recording this on March 19, 2021. We are starting to get back to normal a little bit. I'm in the mode, CDC-wise, that Dr. Fauci has said since I am two weeks beyond my second vaccination, that it's okay for us to take our mask off in public places now. Now, the schools haven't yet decided to do that, and of course, I will go along with whatever the school's policy is, but that's where we are if you're listening to this in the future and you're curious. That's where we are at the time this is being recorded. But I say that to say this, you know we've gone through a lot of virtual stuff. I've noticed now, I'm an old-fashioned guy. When I hand out paper handouts, I see the kids grimace. I know they would rather me write things on the board and us walk through them other than having a handout. Maybe it's because handouts get lost so easily. Most of them have a composition book that they brought for my class, and they know those will stay bound together, and they'll have all their own notes in one place, unless a lot of them tear out the sheet, so that would be an exception to the rule. But that's their opinion of paper handouts now. And I try to say, listen, guys, paper handouts are never going to completely go away. In fact, they're probably going to make a rebound now. I usually try to add some encouragement by saying, you know, guys, there will be test questions taken directly from this handout. They know that my policy is I usually knock on my desk with my fist 
when I'm saying a test question. I'll give them a little hint about to highlight this specific one directly. And they usually do that. If it's a student's opinion about something like that, if it's an opinion about IXL, if it's an opinion about Delta Math, Quizlet, whatever you want to bring up, I will always say, let me listen to your opinion and see if we can discuss it together. I am not the kind of person that says, because I said so. I didn't like it when my parents did it. I didn't like it when I did it to my own kids. I don't like hearing it when two teachers say that to their students. So that's just not me. I'll be honest, guys. I hope it's not you. I don't think that's the most productive thing we can get out of a student. And to be honest... I think it pays dividends in reverse. Students, the more we want to think they don't care what we think, well, they do in this respect, they will treat us the way we treat them. If we are willing and open to listen to what they have to say, they're going to be willing and open to listen to us, especially like if we're on a one-on-one format or small groups They might not act like they're paying attention to us when they're in front of their kids. All you got to do is look at their eyes when they say something. And if they're looking around to the other students, they're just doing that to get their attention. And for that matter, it doesn't change with adults either. If you've ever been in a meeting and you you know who's trying to get attention because they look around at everybody when they've made their comments to see what reaction they're getting, okay? Now, I will call out a student on that. I'll say, how come you're looking around at everybody? You made the comment to me. And they, they'll usually admit to me, yeah, I was looking for attention. And we get along great. I will always be someone that thinks the student's opinion is valuable. I will listen to it. I will occasionally hear their opinion about another teacher. Now, maybe they talk about me when I'm not in their class, but some of that makes me squirm a little bit. And I'll just say, basically, I'm not going to agree with them, of course, I'm, you know, I've got my favorite teachers. I've got some that I like better than others. I got some that I like the way they treat their students better than others. But am I going to agree with a student that says that in front of them? No, I'm not going to agree with them. I'll give you a, a specific instance. I heard one time a student say about another teacher, well, every time I ask a question, the teacher says, you should already know that. And really doesn't give me that much help. Now, that's not me. Maybe it's you. I hope if it's you and you say that, you're doing it as your way of motivating, but then you also explain it to them too. But that's an opinion of one student that I thought was interesting. Maybe that's something that I'll never do in the future because it immediately turns them off and maybe they won't listen to what I have to say after that anyway. I'll listen to them share their opinions about a teacher, about an administrator. I will not agree with them. I will discuss it with them. I might ask them why, and then I'll say, you know, here's where I I don't think you're seeing the strengths of this teacher and why that teacher is doing that. So opinions of students are very important. Do not demotivate them by not listening to them. Even if you disagree, 
listen to them, and then tell them why in a motivating way. That's the best way to do it. That's not my opinion. I think that's a fact. I think if you belittle kids when they share their thoughts, then you've lost them. It will take so much longer to regain their confidence that you've lost them for a while. You've hurt yourself. You've lost them for a while. Always listen to the students' opinions and then have it lead into a motivating session that helps both of you. That's the best way to do it. Now, most of you have gone through this podcast waiting. Mr. Collins had a meltdown. He just used that in his title to gain attention. Nope, I had a meltdown. Now, meltdown for me does not involve bad language. That's not my style. And I will say this, and if it offends you, that's okay. This is how I work. I don't use bad words because I came from the corporate world, and every time I had heard language like that in the corporate world, it was to try and strengthen a position that was otherwise weak. They didn't have a good argument, so they threw in as many dirty words as they could to see if it made their argument stronger. That's why I don't like it. That's why I don't use it. And I let my words stand for themselves and never use other words just to try to add artificial emphasis. All right, now I'm off of that soapbox. Now, let me tell you what happened this week. Here's what happened. I'll go ahead and tell you right off the bat that I let kids talk a lot. I let them share thoughts with me, sometimes personal thoughts. I had that happen again this week where a student told me about some trouble they got in one time, and now they might be faced with something and ask me what I should do. And, of course, I always refer them to teachers and parents and that kind of thing. I encourage them to be the better person as much as they can. But here's what happened this week specifically I always tell my students that really the only time I'm going to fuss at you is if you do something purposely right after I've told you not to, to gain attention from other people. That's the only thing. That's like back-talking me. That's like disrespecting me. That's like taking advantage of me because I'm a nice person. I use that phrase sometimes. So here's what happened. You know, since we are still in a mask-on-the-face mode at this time, we occasionally take our students outside the building for what we refer to as a mask break. That way they can separate themselves. We're outside They can lower their mask, have conversations socially with the kids. It's never for more than like five or ten minutes, but it's just a way of getting out in the classroom. And, you know, to me, it's one of the most positive things that have come from the COVID situation is that we should give our students time to chill in every class. So we do that. Plus, our classes are longer and fewer per day so that we don't have to have as much student movement. Also a policy because of COVID. But here's what happened this week. There are some rules that take place out there. Now, there's some kind of rules involving horseplay 
that, you know, that's a good old-fashioned word for you. Horseplay, I'm not even sure the kids today know what that means. But horseplay, there's some rules for that. The kids have been warned about that, okay? Now, I'll be honest, it's not my rule, but it's I understand why it should be a school rule and therefore a rule I support when I'm at school. It's the same type of thing that when they go home with their neighbors, they're doing the same kind of horseplay in the backyard, and we never really say anything to them. But it's different when you're on school property and we're keeping them safe and trying our best not to get them hurt. Well, they knew what the rules were. So we weren't outside for our break more than about two minutes and somebody violated one of their rules. Now, it was probably because we've only started emphasizing it strongly in the last few weeks. And so I said, all right, guys, everybody back in the building because we have rule violators among us. Now, I will admit Student gave me his opinion and said, how come the whole class gets punished for the action of just a couple of students? I totally agree with that, but I still do it because it's quicker. It provides quicker discipline because, generally speaking, once the student realized they have affected the entire class, it means more to them. Otherwise, if I just say something to them, and individually, they might go back and do it again. If I do something that's going to discipline, in effect, the entire class by losing their mass break, well, that seems to work. That works in the classroom because students don't want to be looked down on, upon by the other students. So we did that. We came back in, and it just so happened one of the students had carried something in with him that he knew he shouldn't just to kind of show off a little bit, and he threw it in the hallway. And I witnessed the whole thing. Here's how I handled it. I said, all right, this was not a math class, but I knew who their math teacher was. This was a computer class. I said, guys, I said, I want the person responsible for this to tell me. And I said, I witnessed the whole thing. Nobody said a word. So then I said, all right, here's what you've cost your class. We won't go back out for a mass break for a couple of days. We will be quiet the rest of class. And then we will study some math. We're in computer class, but I know your math teacher. and I know the teacher always wants you all to get better at math. So we're going to do that unless right now I'll give you one more chance. I actually gave them two, but I said, I'll give you one more chance and we'll see where we go from here. Still nothing. So I carried through with it. Now, I'm a sympathetic kind of guy. I'm a, I'm a student advocate. So I said after we had watched a video about computer history for about 20 minutes, I said, all right, guys. I'm a believer of second chances. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give us another mask break, and I'm going to go back out and stand next to what this person threw on the floor. I'm going to give them one more chance. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk back out for our mask break. I'm going to stand next to what this person threw in the hallway, 
And if I want them to pick it up and throw it away while I'm standing right next to it, and we'll go from there. We'll see how that changes things. Now, guess what? The student came by. They picked it up. (laughs) They looked at me. I don't know if they were scared, but they had a blank expression on their face, and they... I just looked him up and said, thank you. I said, that wasn't that hard, was it? I don't know if they were expecting me to go off on them, and that's why it took them so long to do it. But that's all I did. And I said, guys, I know after the mass break, I let them have their mass break. We came back in, and I said, guys, I know that we've all learned from this. Don't say anything else to the student because I know you know who it is. It's over. It's over for all of us. We're going to learn from it. I think it strengthens our policies now. And I said, guys, I I never stop loving any of you guys in this classroom. But, you know, when you do something right after I tell you not to, that's when I'm going to challenge you. That's when I'm going to make you come clean and do so at the expense of the other students because, as you can see, it worked. So let's not get to that point again. It's the only time I've had to do that this year. I have had to do it in previous years, but that was my meltdown. I, I don't do a lot of yelling, but I did raise my voice enough, and I don't do that very often, that teachers knew about it because the students had told them. and But they knew I would joke about it, and one of them came in and said, Mr. Collins, did I hear you were in a bad mood? And I said, I was a few minutes ago, but we're over it because these kids are all right, and they fixed it, and they did the right thing. So that was my meltdown, guys. They learned from it. I learned from it. Listen to students' opinions. They're important. Listen to what they have to say and motivate them, even if you have to disagree with them. All right, guys, we will see you next week on Substitute Teachers Lounge. Music provided by Ben Sound.